Welcome to The Curiosity of A Child Episode 24 mm-hmm. And it's nearly Christmas And we're recording in the lounge today Fire going That's right, yep Nice and warm and snug mm-hmm. um, At least we've got a, a bit of a Christmas episode in store for you yeah. Nice and relaxed Although I could do a bit of mood wine or something actually That'd be nice <laughs> Unfortunately I don't have any and this episode, actually no, before we start, are you excited about Christmas? Yes, very. Yeah, I've noticed actually your excitement building over the last few days, so why are you excited? Because I get presents, and I give some presents, um, and I get to see family. Yeah, all good things. Yeah, we are fortunate actually that we can um, see family over here, as mm-hmm. um, we've avoided the worst of Corona. Anyway, so... Uh, this episode, we are going to look at some old toys that mm. people used to get in their previous years. Some from actually when I was a young boy. <laughs> it's like 1810. Well, about then, yes, yes, that's right. And I'm going to see what you think of them and how they compare to today's toys. Um, so, shall we get on with the show? Yep, on with the show. I was looking for lists of some of the most popular toys throughout the ages, and a lot of them were fairly US-centric, but they still give a good idea, okay, of okay. what people would have had. And some of the earlier ones that I'm going to cover here, they weren't necessarily aimed at the Christmas markets. They were just toys that would have been popular at Christmas time. Okay. Um, but then later on, as the toy market grows, mm-hmm. they were actually launched more at Christmas, and there's always that race to be the number one Christmas toy. <laughs> So way, way, way back, a long, long, long time ago, about the 1860s, and before then, obviously, as well, yeah. toy drums were very popular. What do you think of toy drums? Um, I think that... I'm not sure, actually, because don't, you don't really think of toy drums anymore, maybe like baby toys where you get a basic mm-hmm. drum or something. Well, my uncle, I remember, he went on holiday somewhere, I can't remember where, and he came back with a drum, mm-hmm. and um, he said that it was, um, at the top of the drum was human skin. And uh, I believed him. To this day, actually, I think he's still telling the truth then. Actually, I think he is too. Or maybe it's a joke. Oh, very good. In the 1870s, the zoetrope reel was uh, very popular. Now, you actually had one of these. Yeah. It's like um, lots of pictures and you put it in a thing that can spin around and then you look at the pictures and then um, it turns into like a little animation. Exactly, so. yeah. Yeah, so it's a long strip of paper with different frames on and as that rotates, um, you see the animation. Yeah, a different one, because that the one we've got a picture here for each one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has like a little frame for it for when it spins around, so it's actually like a screen. Exactly, yeah. And it was first painted in 1867. Hmm. And it hinted at the love of animation cartoons and things that kids would have uh, in the future. Yeah, it's like a spinning flip book. <laughs> yeah, it is. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so in the picture, there's the classic kind of galloping horse yeah. as well. <gasps> and then they've got a windy thing so it can spin around. That one's good. Yeah, it's a bit of a fancy one, that, yeah. isn't it? And then, of course, you've got the teddy bear. 1902. Do, do you know why they're called teddy bears? Mm, who invented them? 
Ah, no, it was um, after President Theodore Teddy Roosevelt. And, yeah, 1982, he went hunting and he wanted to shoot a bear. Mm -hmm. And one was caught and it was tied up. But he refused to shoot it because it's unsportsmanlike. And kind of that story got around. And that was, at least in America, yeah. part of the reason why they became so popular. But then the teddy bear name also came into Europe. Um, yeah. Then around the same time in Germany, teddy bears were also being kind of... Developed. Um, yeah, developed. Yeah, sounds funny to say you develop a teddy bear, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And we've got an old advert here. For teddy bears are all the rage... The best plaything ever invented. <laughs> best plaything. One word. <laughs> Do you agree? You don't really think of them so much as a plaything, more like a snuggle up <laughs> thing. Now, these bears are the most sensible and serviceable <gasps> toys ever put before the public. Not a fad or a campaign article, but something which has come, and unfortunately, the rest of the adverts cut off. <laughs> What do you think it says? Something that has come to stand for quality playtime for children across the globe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, our next one, it's not exactly a toy, but it was a popular gift, um, probably for richer families. Yeah. So, 1901, we've actually gone back in time here, and it's the Victor Talking Machine. And there's another advert here, so I'll put these all in the show notes. So, I think this is probably a little bit later, this ad. Listening and learning. The Victor Talking Machine is the ideal gift for children. It develops the musical sense by teaching them the best in song and music rendered by the leading artists of the world. No other machine will reproduce the masterpieces faithfully, naturally, perfectly. Simple mechanism and indestructible records make it a perfect instrument for home or public use. So I'm not sure the records are indestructible. That's like when CDs first came out, people were saying they're indestructible, and you could, I think it was on Tomorrow's World, just a TV programme. Yeah. They had some of the first CDs, and they put jam on them. I showed how you could just wipe them clean and then continue to play them. <laughs> That's like the ultimate test. Yes, the jam test. So what do you think of the Victor talking machine? I like the um, little poster, and sounded interesting. Right, now the next one, I think you're going to like this from 1982. <laughs> Stevens. Yeah, Stevens. Favourite rifles. Yeah, and look at this. This is a gun. Quite a big gun. Yeah. More <laughs> your kind of thing, I think? Mm-hmm. That's a Christmas tree as well in the background. Yes. So let me read some of the advert text. Two boys and a young girl playing with their Christmas toys, isn't and it? And a doggy. And a doggy, yes. Santa Claus has for centuries been the one great attraction at this time of year. Parents are now wondering what is best to buy for their boy. And as an outdoor life should be encouraged, why not give him the necessary articles to enjoy every manly sport? As shooting is one of the most interesting of them, present him with one of our favourite rifles. Now, what's interesting about this is actually the manufacturer wasn't a toy company. Yeah. It was actually a gunsmith. <laughs> so they made real guns. That's cool. They're all real guns, just um, the reloading things are stuck in place and you can't actually put bullets in them. <laughs> yes. So they were one of the biggest gunsmiths in America, actually. Now onto magic lanterns. Do you know what they are? Nope. They're kind of like an early type of projector. Towards the end of the 19th century, they were started to be marketed towards children. Mm -hmm. So we've got another advert here. So these are juvenile magic lantern outfits. Snappy headline. <laughs> yes, yeah. 
the young people not only derive great pleasure from giving Magic Lantern exhibitions, but the business training which they will gain in all the various details connected with the management of an entertainment, putting up advertising, posters, selling tickets, etc. gives them ideas of the rudimentaries of money making. Um, and it starts them on the highway to business success. So the idea here is not only would you have a magic lantern for um, being able to project your own pictures, you would put on shows and performances and learn business skills. So they're thinking kind of bright, quite broadly, aren't they, with this one? Yeah, that's like... <laughs> that's quite funny. So watch things to learn business. Mm-hmm. But I think you would... That appeals to you in a way, because you like doing your little business ventures, don't you? Mm-hmm. Making things. So I think they're going for the Antarctic market there. Definitely. Now we're going to go to 1903. So I found lots of toys at the turn of the century, you see. Mm-hmm. This next one was actually produced until 1935 as well. And it's the Humpty Dumpty Circus with 10,001 new tricks. Whoa. Painted in this and in foreign countries. <gasps> and what do you think of that? It's just, it's like a circus thing, but with lots of little figures and... Looks like you can do a lot of tricks. It's a bit like a game we've got called Meeple Circus, where you stack up um, little people or meeples. Yeah, it's a great fun game. Yeah. You've got to do uh, circus acts in it, mm-hmm. your characters. But with the Humpty Dumpty Circus, I'm guessing they fell over a lot. And I don't actually see any egg there. Or, or cannon, as Humpty Dumpty was a cannon, I think. Yeah. Uh, but the advert says, Toys that gladden the hearts of our dear little ones. The newest and best unbreakable toy. It seemed very important back then that they're unbreakable. Dumpty. Yes, of course. Yeah, didn't think of that. Um, the elephant can do tricks you never heard of. <laughs> um, uh, maybe balancing on its trunk. Mm. Well, yes. I've heard of that before. And the donkey is cuter than any animal that Barnum ever had. Then there is the horse Hobo and the dog, the ringmaster, the lady rider, and the negro and the goats. So obviously it's a little bit out of date for today's language, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see how toys have changed, thankfully, since then. Yeah. But I think you quite like <laughs> this one. I just noticed another elephant. And it's got like wheels and like a seat so that, so that the um, thingamajigs figures can sit inside it and drive around in a... Yeah, and there's some clowns going up ladders and all sorts. So, 1985, popular toy in that year was the Studebaker Junior. And there's a Christmas advert actually for it here. A Christmas morning surprise. Yeah, so what is the toy? It's like a small wagon. Well, actually, it's not that small. There's um, the fireplace behind it. It's like, yeah, it's like a wagon or um, if you get pushchairs for fake babies. <laughs> a little pram, yeah. It's a little bit like that. Yeah. Price, £10. That's quite a lot of money. Can anything delight the hearts of boys and girls as a Studebaker Junior wagon? Why not let this splendid children's gift make a memorable Christmas in your home? It'll be memorable for you as well as for the youngsters. For your heart will thrill as you hear their joyous exclamations when the wagon is discovered Christmas morning. <laughs> so if you wake up came down to our miniature Christmas tree this year mm-hmm. and probably standing above it yep. <laughs> you'd find this wagon would I hear the shrill of joy 
No, it'd be like, uh, oh, you wasted your money on this. But it has an oak frame. Oh, okay, I like it again now. <laughs> and it's actually, it was produced by a wheel, a wheel. It was produced by a real wagon maker as well. Mm. So they made miniature versions of their actual wagons, which I quite like. Now, a classic one here, train sets. And uh, I've got a photo here actually from the 1960s. I think the dad's enjoying that a bit more than the kids. Well, that is one of the best things about some presents, is dads do enjoy them more. <laughs> um, and I remember, actually, I had a train set which Ramps made with Santa Claus. He actually had to help Santa out with the production. And I'm guessing it was produced in the shed. And somehow I didn't see it, so he must have hidden it there. And uh, had the track that went right round and did but a loop what, and went through a tunnel. What you don't realise... Oh, that's cool. What you don't realise is that he actually locked the shed and told you not to go in it. Oh, no, I'm thinking of a, um, a Dutch Christmas song about a rabbit at the moment. <laughs> that's random. Mm-hmm. I'll try and find it and put it in the show notes. <clears throat> it's quite funny. Need the translation of the lyrics, though. Anyway, back to train sets. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I would because I liked my army men, so I would kind of have them battling over the over the train station and then as the train went around it would kind of run them over and things like that or they'd derail it. Lovely. It was cool. You'd just stack a load of people to derail it. Yeah. On the rail. Now, coming popular, particularly in the nineteen twenties, were chemistry sets. And um, they actually had lots of interesting ingredients in them, such as sodium cyanide. They probably didn't even know what half of them did. Well, yeah, well, I'll read the text in a minute, and it's yeah. quite funny what it says. Yeah, so cyanide, so you know that's pretty dangerous. And there was one that came with a blowtorch. Apparently there was a glass-blowing kit as well, so you could do glass-blowing nice. at home. <laughs> Which nice. I'm sure parents loved as, as the kitchen table set on fire. And uh, it gets cooler than that, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the 1950s, they had uh, nuclear sets, and uh, they contained uranium <laughs> dust. <laughs> That's really funny. So, uh, there might have been some glowing children. This is the Gilbert chemistry outfit. Three chemistry outfits with instructions for performing many interesting experiments. A programme of chemical magic is included. None of the chemicals used are classed as poisonous. (laughs) But we know that not to be the case now. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's quite funny. But I think that's pretty cool. Yo, yo. Yeah, so the 1920s um, were when the kind of modern craze started and they went out of fashion a bit, I think, during the war and then came back in in the 1960s. Yeah, but they came back with loads of different stars on. Yes, but... Hey, hang on a minute. Where's the conkers in this? Oh, yeah. Well, conkers, they are a timeless gift and they're they're Mm. a bit before Christmas as well. Yeah, the autumn gift. Here is a... Greek picture from 440 BCE, where it looks like there's a child playing with a yo-yo. I remember that on Horrible Histories, and I remember there was like a song about inventing everything, and the yo-yo was included. It was really cool. Another picture from 1770 India here with a yo-yo. It's a nice picture. Um, Yeah, but as I said, the modern yo-yo, it was um, in the 1928 was when that was developed and it's actually a Filipino immigrant to the United States and when I was at school and people had Mm yo-yos there's always the talk of them being a deadly weapon and that's why they were originally invented and you think that (laughs) just throw throw them around now you you kind of hide up in a tree yeah I suppose you could get it wrapped around the neck and all sorts it's (laughs) lethal you can come up with so many ideas yeah before yo-yo murders Mm mm-hmm 
Maybe we should. That could be a spin-off podcast or a YouTube channel where we demonstrate on each other. <laughs> yeah. 1939, and we've got the Viewmaster. Yeah. I like projects, um, thrower thingy-majigs, boggles, and then you put a disc into it with lots of pictures on, and then a light shines through, I think, or something shines through it to project the picture, and you can turn the disc around to see which... Uh, for different pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not really projecting, you're just looking through it, aren't you? Yeah. How many of those discs or wheels do you think were sold? Five million. Five million? Yeah. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Try 1.5 billion. Oh, that's close. I got the five million bit, right? No, that would be 500 million. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no. Maybe it was 1.5 billion, 500 wait, million. I like how there was 1.5 billion sold. Uh, only discs sold. I know there's more more discs than the actual um, goggles, but there must be just some disc sets without the goggles. So you could kind of build up a collection. Yeah, you buy those separately. I wonder actually how many of the... Um, few masters were actually sold so and how many mm-hmm. discs people had each because that might be like 50 on average per person yeah 1.5 billion is a lot okay 1945 and it is this is a toy you've had i've had slinky i broke mine did you yeah oh we need it because one of the best things you can do i think is hold it up to your ear i love doing that yeah and what's it sound like it's like lasers. Yeah, it's, it's really like, cool. Long, long. Yeah. And it was invented by mistake, I'm pretty sure. Or not exactly invented, found. Yeah. Mistake. When I, um, on a ship, a spring came loose and started um, going down the stairs. Like, like a slinky. Have you been reading my notes? I was about to ask you how it was made. No, I just remember it from school. One of the few things I've learned. <laughs> yeah, it was a mechanical engineer called Richard James. And um, he kind of knocked it over or something. And yeah, yeah, so that classic walking motion. Then he spent the next two years perfecting the design. And he demonstrated it at a Philadelphia department store just before Christmas Mm -hmm. of um, 1945. And since then, millions have been sold. I reckon this can be one of your favourites. Oh, some post World War II (laughs) plastic soldiers. Yeah, I didn't bother typing it properly. <laughs> plastic soldiers. Yes, um, so plastic soldiers, they've been around for a long, long time. Uh, toy soldiers have been around for a long, long time. And they actually found military figures in Egyptian tombs, but I don't know if those were toys or not. But it's you can cool. imagine it kids playing like with them. It might be like their um, slaves or guards, and then they'll have them for the afterlife. Back in the 1730s, um, tin soldiers were starting to be produced in Germany. And I think mm-hmm. maybe in the 1840s or so, there was a casting technique developed in England where they I could be got hollow. I've um, tin soldier. He's cool. He's bigger than the other ones. I do like 170 seconds scale, so 72 times smaller. Yeah, you've got lots of figures and tanks, haven't you? Yep. So I like making those too. Yep. I used to make lots as well when I was your age, and I still help you now. Yes, yeah, so then after World War II, plastic soldiers became more popular because they were cheaper and easier to manufacture and there's been lots sold i think the there was one person he died in 1990 i think it was but Mm -hmm. he had the largest collection at the time and how many soldiers do you think he had um five million (laughs) is that your answer for all questions today maybe no he had i think it was ninety thousand. so a few more than you could do some big battles there yeah well army men need transport don't they (laughs) 
1947, the first Tonka trucks were made. What do you think that the manufacturer of these Tonka trucks originally produced? Trucks. Like bigger ones. No, I've caught you out here. I mean, no, no, hang on. Five million. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, gardening tools. <laughs> nice. And what it was, I think the factory or something that they moved into, the person who held the lease before, they actually had some paintings some some toys. Mm-hmm. And um, they convinced the company, whose name I haven't written down, mm-hmm. to produce those toys. And that's how Tonka trucks nice. first got started. And that they were big as well. They look big. All be plastic now, but there's a certain charm to the metal ones. Yeah, they look like the rust. Yeah. <laughs> but you can imagine kids cutting themselves on those and getting tetanus. <laughs> Keep that in. So, uh, so no introduction is needed for our next toy on the, on the list. Actually, no, I'm not going to. You can introduce it. So in 1949 was the introduction of... Lego. Yeah. I mean, this has been many That's a kid's really cool. favourite toy. Yeah, we should probably watch that um, documentary about it again. The one where they're showing how they design the things? Yeah. Yeah, that was really interesting. And the James May Lego house is pretty good as well. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that entire series was really good. Yeah. toys. Yes, that's true. About 600 billion Lego bricks have been made, and the very first ones produced will still fit together with the latest kits today, which is pretty good, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's a legacy. Changed to do much. Mm-hmm. Just more and more colours and shapes. Yeah. Then in the 1950s, <gasps> who's this? Potato Man. <laughs> yeah, it's the Potato Man. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head. Yeah. I think he had a bit of a renaissance with Toy Story. Just mm-hmm. from the characters there. And Mrs. Potato Head. Yes, there's probably lots of spin-offs as well now. Yeah. Like Potato Men. <laughs> yes, Potato Men. And the Potato Dog. <laughs> and the potato cats <laughs> and the potato potatoes and keeping on the vegetable theme Cabbage Patch Kids yeah from 1983 and for some reason we keep talking about Cabbage Patch Kids mm-hmm. and uh, you're curious what they were they're, they're beautiful aren't they uh, yeah fat I don't quite know how they caught on I think your auntie wanted one of these mm-hmm. I seem to remember that from my childhood I might be wrong but you wouldn't actually buy a cabbage patch kid. You would adopt one. So you have to sign all the papers, pay a hundred pounds. Exactly. It was a long process. You had to go through. They had to come and check your home, suitable, make sure that you were going to be a good parent. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Um, so in the Christmas of 1983, yeah, uh, people went absolutely crazy for them, and they'd be paying up to ten times their market value on the black market. <sighs> Which is crazy mm-hmm. that people wouldn't do that. And I think... They look weird. Yeah, they do look a bit weird, don't they? Yeah. And the company that produced them, they didn't actually hang around that long. They went bankrupt eventually. Mm. So it was one of those big hype things where they then disappear. Now we're going to go on to the quick fire round, OK? Where I've got a link here. Let's just open it up. If Probably. I can... Yeah. <laughs> and this is actually... I can't even click. Apologise for these... That's doing it, it's doing Whoops. it. Oh, wait, we've got a Firefox update going now, which is updated. Everybody use Firefox, it is the best browser. Non-profit organisation, committed to your privacy. <laughs> oh, let's do an advert. Yeah. If you are looking... Wait a minute. Stop the podcast. Stop the podcast. Mm. And listen to No Such Thing as a Fish, which we stole that from. Yeah. 
That's the first advert. But the second advert is if you're looking for a content management system, why don't you try Storyblock? Yeah. At Storyblock, that's Storyblock without a C. S <laughs> T O R Y B L O K dot com. A fabulous content management system which I am now an ambassador for. Mm-hmm. Probably the only one in Europe. Definitely the only one in the UK. Definitely not the only one in Europe. I think they're mostly in Europe. Oh, whoops. That was an accident. The only one in Guernsey. Yeah, the only one for in sure. Guernsey. Anyway, start the podcast again. (laughs) On with the podcast. Oh, thank you. That's what they say. (laughs) We might be seized for this. Uh Uh-oh. Well, if this is our last podcast uh, episode, we apologise. Yes. Okay, so I've got a long list of Christmas toys here, which we're going to rattle over really quickly and see what you think of them. 1963, Easy Bake Oven. Rubbish. 1964, G.I.J. Better. 1965, Operation. Five men again. 1966, Twister. Fun. <laughs> really? Enough. Do you like playing with girls or boys? Next. <laughs> 1967, Battleship. Fun. 1968, Hot Wheels. Very fun. 1969, Chemistry Set. Death. <laughs> 1970, Light Bright. Confused. 1971, Space Hoppers. Interesting. I think we might have a video starting to play here. Go away, horrible video on the website. Um, 1972. Uno! Arguments. I won! Arguments. I won! <laughs> Arguments, yeah. I won. <laughs> 1973. Walkie talkie sets. Very fun. 1974. Tonka toy trucks. Hmm. Rings a bell. <laughs> 1975. Pet rock. <laughs> Amazing. Best Christmas toy, that one. 1976. Connect four. Quite fun. Say this number. Four, five, three. Five million! It's something like, I don't know if it's four trillion or something. Many, many combinations of colour combinations. <laughs> many combinations things. of colour combinations. I know we've got Corona in the corner of our uh, website. 1977 Star Wars figures. Um, fun. 1978 Simon. Um... Nice. 1979, Atari VCS. What is that? Like a computer. It's a computer, oh, a console. Yeah, it's like a game. That's, Very fun. That styling's awesome, actually. I yeah. quite like that. Now I'm starting to actually like so some luxury things. I have to probably rate them at the end. 1980, Rubik's Cube. Difficult. The year I was born, maybe. Lego Train. 1981. Nice. Oh, yeah, that was powered as well, which is quite cool. Yeah. 1982, BMX Bike. Kids outside. Good. Mm-hmm. And then inside. With their rifle. Stephen's rifle. Yeah. 1983, Cabbage Patch Kids. Creepy. 1984, Transformers. Um, fun. Robots in disguise. <laughs> 1985, Nintendo. Fun. Entertainment System. <laughs> fun. NES. 1986, Laser Tag. Good. Very good. Oh, look at the helmets! Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> you may have much peripheral vision. Well. Yeah, that's the sensor. So it's... <laughs> that's guessing the sound. 1978, Jenga. Um, construction failures. Actually, I was out for my birthday drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, just after my birthday. Mm-hmm. And I lost seven games of Jenga in a row. Too bad. Yeah. <laughs> 1988, starting lineup. Oh, this is definitely American here. That's yeah. a baseball one, that. Better with football. I mean, uh, well, yeah, yeah, football as in soccer in America, because we got American listeners. Yeah. 
a big in America now. We're breaking America. Boy. 1989. I like it. <sighs> mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So you had some of these, didn't you? Yeah, I had those. No, not those exact ones, but very similar. Because they seem to come back every few years as a new film or something comes out. Super Nintendo. Yeah, the SNES, 1991. $200 ish. 1992, Barbie Dreamhouse. I know it's something you're keen on. Yeah, I want one of those for Christmas, please. Oh. Well, you might be a lucky boy. 1993, Talk Boy. Mm. That looks like some sort of recorder, cassette recorder. Oh, so this was. The Talk Boy was originally conceived as a non working prop from the 1992 movie Home Alone 2. <laughs> ah, so this is where you're starting to get that tie in as well between films and everything and toys mm-hmm. but, so Buzz Lightyear might be on this so, list actually here's a big one for that so um films with kids in their room isn't clean it's just got a load of toys all over the floor exactly yeah but that's where they've become really about the marketing and everything now that's why every year there's kind of that big Christmas toy so 1994 is Power Rangers mm-hmm. 1995 Beanie Babies why is there a crab because that's a Beanie Baby crab now there were loads oh. and loads of different Beanie Babies and oh. At its height, Beanie Baby Mania made up 10% of eBay's sales. That's a lot. And Gramps used to sell those in the shop. Mm-hmm. And um, they, you get rare ones because they get retired mm-hmm. and things. And so there'd be limited runs. So I remember he would keep some aside, knowing mm-hmm. how much people would buy them for, like stupid money. Mm-hmm. And he never got around to selling them. We could be millionaires now. Wait, does he still have them? I don't know, he might do. I don't know if when they moved Probably house, he got rid of them. More. They might be worth trillions now. Or nothing at all. If anyone cares about them. <laughs> 1996, Tickle Me Elmo. I'll stop tickling my elbow. <laughs> 1997, Tamagotchi. Do you know what that is? Japanese. Yeah, it'd be almost like a little virtual pet that you'd have. Oh, like, oh, those weird things. And I remember one story, I don't know if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. which was uh, doing the rounds because they were really popular everywhere, particularly in Japan and one child at their school their Tamagotchi was stolen mm-hmm. and uh, it was such a terrible thing that they had to get a police helicopter out to chase the child who had stolen it mm. <laughs> I think that's true yeah, I definitely think it's true 1998 Furby Furbies. Do you yep. know Furby? Yep. What do you yep. think of Furby? They're weird, they're like, their ears flop and they go eee <laughs> And it's all strange and stuff. They're like bat owls as well. Oh, and an Anton doll now, which goes... <laughs> 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 1999, Pokemon cards. <laughs> the start of, um... Yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> the, the craze. Things. <laughs> 2000, Razor Scooter, back outside again. Yeah, but lots and lots of places destroyed to make skate parks. Ooh. Pogo sticks. Yeah, 2001. Lots of injuries. <laughs> 2002, <laughs> for real cats. Oh, for real, like. So- <laughs> oh yeah, for real. Surreal. Yes. And surreal. Go on, a bit slow there. 2003, Robo Sapiens. That looks cool. That's like, yeah, that's quite good actually. 2004, Nintendo DS. I'm not sure how, how that's only two, like 16 years ago, and it looks so old. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, the screen's that's, tiny, isn't it? Yeah, that's cool. 2005, Xbox 360. Getting a bit more. Wait, go back up, Pete. Alright, go back, Danny. <laughs> 2006, PlayStation 3. Mm. 2007, iPod Touch. Oh, you can touch. 2008, Nintendo Wii. Yeah. See, look at all of those. No child left their home any of those years because they're just too busy playing on their consoles and things. 2009, 
Zuzu pets. They walked those, so they went outside, obviously, then. Yeah, they looked like hamsters. 2010, iPad. 2011, Leap Leap Pad Explorer. Explorer. 2012, Wii U. Wii U. 2013, Techstar, the robotic poppy. I've seen that. 2014, Zuma Dino. That's 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 weird. That must have some um, thingies in. Magnets and then um, magnetic. No, these things that don't fall over and keep level and straight. And for some reason, I've got the word horoscope in my head. And it's something about horoscope. 2015, Star Wars Remote Control BB-8. Hmm. 2016, NES Classic Edition. In for a second time. Much nice. smaller now. Though. Look at the size of it now. Fits in the palm of the hand. Yeah. And two controllers. That actually look like controllers. Yeah, that's how the controllers were. And um, that's what it goes up to. So I don't know what the more recent ones were. So any favourites on that list? Um, Half of them I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But I like the PS3. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what... What sort of things are you hoping to get for Christmas? Mm, I want new PlayStation controller. Mm. Uh, I can't remember anything else. <laughs> okay. Thanks. And do you think that Father Frost is going to bring you anything as well? As you maybe. saw a play, didn't you? Wasn't it about Father Frost? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe he will. Yeah, was it good? Yeah, I liked it. Who is Father Frost? Russian Santa. Yeah. And who's his helper? Elves. No, his daughter. <laughs> yeah, granddaughter. Granddaughter, is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was in Russian, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, pani maya peruski. Okay, so anyway, it's getting late now. Yeah. And I think it's probably time for bed for you. Mm-hmm. There's not many sleeps left until Christmas, is there? Mm-hmm. And the warm fire's made us drowsy, so let's get you off to bed. Here we see the Christmas elf on a regular checkup in a child's bedroom. Don't worry, nothing sinister is going on here. It's a perfectly natural occurrence. Watch as he delicately walks across the room, checking if the child has put away their toys and folded their clothes neatly. All part of determining if they have been good or bad and on what list they should be placed. Taking care not to wake the child. Ah! Oh no! I've been spotted! Oh, quick, hide! It appears that the elf has accidentally woken the child. Now, Let's watch what happens as they interact with one another. Hello? Um, hello? <gasps> d- d- don't worry, I'm just a Christmas elf. You're, 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 you're real? Y- you can see me? Yep, <laughs> you're right there. <laughs> <laughs> don't be alarmed, I'm just doing a checkup to see if you should be on the good list or the naughty list. Okay, I think I should be on the good list. Well... I'll be the judge of that. Hmm. <laughs> so, who are you? Well, I don't actually have a name. Hmm. Because um, Santa doesn't allow us to have names. Because there's so many of us just kept up in the North Pole that he just goes, Oi, you, elf! Get those toys made! And, to be honest, he should be on the naughty list. <gasps> I won't do 
I'm actually a fan of your podcast. Oh, thank you. And I listen to it. I'm surprised because we haven't had any listeners in the North Pole. I assume that's where you come from. Um, yes, we are up there. And I listened to your Christmas episode last year where you covered all of those different um, kind of Christmas traditions. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of these scary ones, they're, mm-hmm. they're true. <gasps> yeah, but we are from the North Pole. Where we're kept up there in big camps. <laughs> and do you know what happens? What? If we're naughty, we're enslaved and we have to meet gifts and toys for children all around the world. <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, I don't really care because I get toys. <laughs> but it's totally hard work. Oh, oh, sorry. You should see my cousin's hands, they're red raw from <laughs> carving wood. Oh, I'm so sorry. 19 hours a day. <laughs> How long are your days, though, in the North Pole? Well, they're still 24 hours long, but the daylight doesn't last very long at this time of year. Okay. We don't even get to see our families. <laughs> and we live for hundreds of years, you know. <laughs> and do you know what happens to the really, 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 really naughty elves? What? They have to mock out the reindeer. Uh, and do you know what the poo's like for magic reindeers? It's sparkly and you know glitter. It's really hard to get off. Uh-huh. Oh. It's ten times worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... People think we're sparkly because we're magical. Do you wish to escape? Ah, uh, I'd love to escape. But Santa knows where we are. He's got trackers on all of us. Can he hear you, though? I think he's probably a bit busy at the moment, so it should be OK. He can't listen to all of us all the time. Don't worry, I'm a hacker. I can um, are you? stop them from... Um, stop the message from going through. Don't uh, worry. OK, so how are you going to hack that, then? I, I don't know. It's probably magic lines. <laughs> okay. Um, so is there just like the Christmas elf, or are there more types of elf? Because I got an elf on the shelf. Yeah, that's my um great uncle. Mm. Yeah, there's lots of different types of elves actually. Because folklore throughout Europe and all over the world, there's there's different sorts of elves. So, in some places, we might be called brownies, mm-hmm. and we're all kind of distantly related. Yeah. Um, and then you get shelf elves who all kind of sit on the shelf and looking at um the. Uh, the, the children mm-hmm. from the shelves. <laughs> yeah. And then, like I said, there's some who make the toys and they, they are but good at building I've, things. I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that the, um, some of the elves in the shelves are very mischievous. Is that how they get their job? Well, that's right, yeah. Because, um, Santa, he thinks that they're fitting well. They, they, they normally send to the naughty children and they think that Santa, he actually wants the mischievous elves to encourage the naughty children to be even naughtier. So he doesn't have to make gifts for them. <laughs> okay. It's terrible. And there's another type of elf that I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Um, do you know that, um, that Kandai Museum? Yeah. Nearby? <laughs> That's what it's called, is that Kandai? <laughs> yeah. You know there's the folklore exhibition oh, there? Oaks. The ones that snatch the babies and put the changelings in. Um... Remember when the, the little baby is born and then that little fae fae comes along and, and swaps it over? Oh, the angels from the Christmas story. <gasps> <laughs> that could be right. Maybe that's what happened with baby Jesus. Yeah, and that's how he got turned so special. Oh, <laughs> and could be resurrected. Or not. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's lots and lots of different types of elves. And throughout history, we've been seen as... Uh, Different times, quite naughty and sinister. But we don't mean to be. It's because Santa's such a hard taskmaster. I mean, we don't get any free time. And then when we do come out on assignment, like to check on the children, we're just 
the freedom goes to our head and we do stupid things. Or sometimes Santa, he kidnaps little children and then swaps them with the changelings. Dun, dun, dun. Because he wants, because he knows the changelings will be really, really naughty. And then he can make a bigger naughty list. <laughs> so do you have any magic at all? Like, can you make it snow or...? No. <laughs> oh, well. I can't. Well, can you predict when it will snow? <laughs> well, can your best weatherman predict when it will snow? No. <laughs> no, neither can we. But I can say that in the North Pole, it'll probably snow at some point. Do you think I'll get cold in my stocking? If you keep asking questions like that, you will. <laughs> okay, thank you for your time. See you. Please, please, please don't tell Santa you saw me. Okay, I'll do that hacking thing. <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye-bye and Merry Christmas. Bye. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. A very interesting encounter there between a child and an elf. What I'm doing in the child's bedroom, I don't know, and I hope he doesn't notice me either. He seems to have been distracted by the elf. So now I'm going to sneak out. Hey, who are you? Um, nobody. Shh. <laughs> don't tell your father. <laughs> Hey, Anton, wake up. You fell asleep whilst we were recording. Mm -hmm. And um, we just finished a bit about the toys. But we need to say bye-bye and um, do our little bit of promotion. So are you ready? Okay. Now, we've got a website, haven't we? And where can that be found? Um, on the internet. Yes, at <laughs> thecuriosityofachild.com. And why not follow us on Twitter and... Brought us on Twitter. What's our Twitter handle? Um, at... Curie Child Pod. Yes, can you spell that? C U R I. C U R I C I C U R I C H I L D P O D. Curie Child Pod on Twitter. Anton's struggling here now. He's actually a really good speller. <laughs> you wouldn't think it, though. Yeah, I can spell anti-dismentarialism. You can't say it, though. Um, and um, we're really professional. Anti-dismentarialism. Oh, yeah, but that professional. Why didn't you leave us a review on... Professional podcasts. Um, on... <laughs> Podchaser. Podchaser. Podbean, Stitcher, Apple iTunes. And it's actually... We would love a Christmas gift of reviews. Is it we don't want to sound desperate, but we are. Is it possible to review us or write things positive on our website or not? No, but on our website, there are links to the various networks where you can listen to us and leave a review. And that's the best place to review us, as that will help us go up the charts so other people can enjoy the glory that is the curiosity of... A child. So thank you very much and happy Christmas, everyone. I hope, despite everything that's going on in the world at the moment, you will still manage to have a wonderful time and uh, Santa's elves will leave fabulous gifts for you and possibly little notes of their desperation as well and how they want also to be free. <laughs> yep. Anyway, goodbye, America. Hey, is that an elf? I do believe it is. Let's get him. Hey, two men.